Well, good morning. As you probably already noted, being astute as you are, I am not Tim. Uh, Tim and Julie are off today yet, and uh, I will tell you that it's very difficult to come uh, and, and stand in a place where someone that I've listened to preach, Pastor Tim, for over a year. Uh, Tim is an excellent preacher, and it's very unnerving to come and preach behind a man such as him. Uh, they're off today. Hopefully they're relaxing. Hopefully they're uh, recuperating. And uh, hopefully they're refreshing themselves in the Lord. My name is Joe Willicott. My wife made me put on a tag. <laughs> I don't normally put on tags. In fact, I told her when she put it on me, take it off. And she said, no. And being the head of my family, I'm still wearing it. <clears throat> So I have a question for you this morning. By the way, I'm going to apologize right away. I am a pacer. Uh, in fact, I get to control the slides because I, I, I just, I'm a control freak. No. Um, there's just a lot of them. But I'm a pacer, and I'm going to apologize to the front row right now because you're going to feel like you're at a ping pong match. In fact, when I used to preach, my wife used to say, five feet, five feet, that's all you got. And she'd literally, stop it. From the front row. Anyway, uh, I'm, my name is Joe Willigan. My wife's Pam. A lot of you may know me as Pam's husband. Uh, some, in fact, most of you know me as Pam's husband. Uh, everywhere I go, that's the, my name. <clears throat> but it's really Joe. And I've, I've done a lot of things in my life. Uh, I spent 10 years in the Air Force. I was a machinist. I, I ran a computer company for a while. Uh, and then God led me into the ministry. I spent 15 years in the ministry and then got out. And now I work for a place called Ruby's Pantry in uh, North Branch. And I just sit there and do data. That's all I do all day long is input inventory. Uh, so Tim is very brave to have me come here today because he really doesn't know what I'm going to talk about. In fact, how many of you know what I'm going to talk about? Okay, see, I'm not really sure what I'm going to talk about either. <laughs> I'm not as nervous anymore now. If you don't know, I'm fine with this. All right, let's see if this works. Actually, this morning, uh-oh. There we go. We got it, just for a second. There we go. All right, this morning I'm going to talk about bread. How many of you know what bread is? Raise your hand. <clears throat> All right, now there's a reason you know what bread is. It's because it's like everywhere. And you know, the amazing thing about bread is it just comes in all forms and functions and, I mean, it tastes and fillings and flavors and shapes and sizes. I mean, people can be so creative with bread. But the one thing about bread, oh, just a footnote, this is all gluten-free. <laughs> Don't want any, you know... Uh, Josh talked about the you know people I got up and ran up throw up, threw up. Um, I'm so glad that happened before I preached. <laughs> I mean, I'm, he's saying that I'm like, oh yes, it was before I preached. But bread comes in all shapes, sizes, but it is delicious. How many of you? I mean, as soon as you walk into a place that's baking bread, you know what your mouth starts to do, right? Your stomach's like, oh. And then somebody has the audacity to like take a slice and butter it in front of you, and it's hot and steaming. And the, oh, it's so good. People can be really creative 
with bread. I can't even imagine saying, I'm going to make a crab out of my bread this morning. <laughs> but bread comes in, you know, big loaves, little loaves. Some of it has a lot of cinnamon. Some of it has a little cinnamon. Some of it has a lot of swirls. But it is delicious. And it's found everywhere. In fact, some people even go overboard with their cinnamon. I mean, it's just heaped in cinnamon and sugar. And then people have to add brown sugar to it. How many of you ate breakfast this morning? How many of you wish you would have eaten breakfast this morning right now? (laughs) But you know, I'm doing this for a reason. I'm actually being kind of cruel to you. My other thought was to actually have a bread machine up here baking. (laughs) So I could give you the whole treatment. But I don't know that you'll like me as much as you do Pastor Tim. So I didn't know if I'd get thunked or not for doing that. But, I mean, you go to Toby's. Is it Toby's up there by Hinkley, Toby's? And you just walk in. It's like, oh, this is awesome. And, you know, some bread is plain. It comes in, you know, it's toast, just, just buttered. But hot buttered toast. I dunk it in my coffee. Oh, I love it. And then you got, you know, other bread that's just heaped over with the with the syrup and the berries. You've got some bread that is fruit filling, some bread that is nut filling, some bread that is frosting, some bread that just flakes all apart. But it's all bread. And most of it is absolutely delicious. Some bread is more of a dessert. And then you have some bread that calls itself breakfast. But we know that's a dessert. <laughs> Honestly, how many of you ever had one of these? You go out to the restaurant, you get a Belgian waffle, and it's just loaded with fruit and everything else and ice cream. Yeah, that's a breakfast. <laughs> but it's all bread. There's bread from different countries that are similar. We've got the lefsa, we've got the crepes. Then we have bread that comes from different places around the country. Cornbread, predominantly down south, but occasionally up here. But down south, everywhere. And then, of course, some bread just can't be left alone. It has to fill itself with chunks of delicious meat and veggies. And it can be served hot. Or it can be served cold in a big, long foot long, just in case you're really hungry. Or my sons could eat two of those. And then my least favorite, <clears throat> Sloppy Joe. But all surrounded by bread. And you know right now, some of you are craving some of this. Because I showed it to you. I showed you the bread. And that influenced you, didn't it? So we're going to talk about bread this morning. Some bread doesn't even look like bread. But I love those things. Give me a burrito with a lot of jalapenos. And some bread is just fun. Hot dogs. You think of hot dogs, you think of baseball, you think of football, you know, you think of barbecues. But bread. All different shapes, all different sizes all different flavors, all different lands, but it permeates everything. So this morning we're going to talk about bread. But we're also going to talk about bread people. 
Now, bread people. When I say bread people, different things might come to your mind. <laughs> How many of you saw Shrek? Right. If you went and saw Shrek the musical, you were given a treat. It was fantastic. It was absolutely worth it. But bread people, or maybe, maybe this little guy comes to your mind when you think of bread people. And just so you know that I'm not sexist, do you know there's actually a female counterpart to Poppin' Fresh? Poppy Fresh. His wife. And in fact, if you go online, I discovered there's a whole family. Am I talking about this when I say bread people? Or maybe there's, how many of you know there's a website that's called Bread People? And there's even a song called Bread People. And what this website does and what this site does uh, in the song is they take people that we know and they change them a little bit. <laughs> we have Barry Manilow. Or James Earl Scones. Or sticking with the Spirit Wars theme that Pastor Tim was preaching on, we have Luke Rywalker. And we also have Han Solo. So is that what I'm talking about when I talk about bread people? No, actually it's not. When I'm talking about bread people, uh, when I got out of the Air Force, we moved back to Green Bay. Then I apologize for that, but I'm from Green Bay. And we had neighbors that we hadn't met yet. So we went over to meet the neighbors. And they came over and they asked what I did for a living and et cetera, et cetera, where we were from. And so I said, well, what about you? Where, what do you guys do? You know? And they said, well, the, 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 the woman stepped forward and she went, we're bread people. And all those pictures that I just showed you, what came into my mind, it's like, what do you mean bread people? You know? Well, what she meant by bread people is her husband drove a bread distribution truck. And his father drove a bread distribution truck. And way back when, his grandfather drove a bread distribution truck. So that was the, the, kind of the lineage of the people. They were bread people. But I walked away from that thinking, you know, bread people, that's kind of a neat thing. Somehow that sounds familiar to me. And it is, because we're called to be bread people. In the book of Matthew, chapter 14, this is from the NIV translation. When Jesus heard what had happened, John the Baptist was in prison, beheaded. He withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the village and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, besides women and children. They were bread people. They were bread distributors. But we have to ask ourselves, well, why should we be bread distributors? Well, you know, the answer to that may surprise you. Well, one, we're commanded to be. 
Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Now the disciples would have sent them off on their own to get their own bread. And Jesus said, no, you give them the bread. There's people all over this world looking for their own bread. And they're filling it with all kinds of bread that are not the bread of life. But we're called to give them the bread. The bread that Jesus gives us to give. The second reason we go out and give bread to people that we're bread distributors is for our benefit. I mean, I mean like my benefit when I share Jesus with somebody. Your benefit when you share Jesus with somebody. It's for your benefit. And we think, well, what? I sat in a sermon one time and I heard the pastor say these words. Not this church, just so you know. God needs you to go share the gospel. And I'm in the back row going, God needs nothing. God doesn't need you to do anything. He allows you to do something. And it's not for his benefit. It's for your benefit. What do I mean by that? Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. See, now we don't know if the masses, if the 5,000 plus men and uh, women and children, we don't know if they knew the miracle. There's a good chance the majority of them never knew that this started out with just a few loaves and fishes. All they know is they got fed, and they walked away fed. It doesn't say that they were there picking up the bushelfuls afterwards. The disciples picked up the bushelfuls. So who saw the whole miracle? Honestly, who saw the whole miracle? The disciples did. Every part of it from start to ending. The disciples were in on it. They saw the awesomeness that just happened. And why did they see it? Because they didn't send them away to get their own bread. And they distributed the bread that Jesus gave them. See, do you understand that when God gives you something and you give it to someone else and you see what he does with it, you know where it came from. You know where it went. And you got to see the whole thing. You're going to benefit. Now, I don't build a, a theology or a doctrine out of one verse, so let me share another one with you. Philemon 4 through 7. In fact, Verse 6 is my life verse. Do you know what a life verse is? A life verse is the verse that you pick that you're going to run your life by. And Philemon's a one-chapter book. Most people just kind of blow over it. You know, it's about a slave being returned. You know, okay, big whoop, next chapter, next book. But this little gem is, is incredible. Verse 4 says, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Do you see that? He's, he prays that they're active in sharing their faith because God needs them to, right? That's not what it says. He prays that they're active in sharing their faith. Why? So that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. You will benefit when you see God's working in other people's lives. You 
come to understand so much more what he's doing and what he's capable of doing. How many of you know the story of the parting of the Red Sea? Okay, pretty amazing, right? Not as amazing as you think. Who created the Red Sea? God created the Red Sea. Does the Red Sea have a will of its own? Is it an inanimate object? Does it have to obey God when God says, part? Yeah, it does. The Red Sea has to obey because God's the creator. And God did not give that Red Sea a free will. Who did he give a free will to? Us. So when God takes a hardened heart, and you get to be involved in this miracle, in this ministry, in this distribution of bread, and you present it, and you watch a heart that has a free will to say no to the Lord, and you watch God work in this person's heart with the little bit that you've distributed to them, and you watch a heart soften and crack and break and receive the word of the Lord. That's a miracle. And yet we're more impressed by the parting of the Red Sea than we are about someone coming to Jesus Christ. But God wants you to be part of that. And don't be afraid of it. Again, I don't build a theology out of one verse or a doctrine. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, this is out of James, uh, the NIV. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in what? He does. Who's going to be blessed? You are. I am. We are. We are going to be blessed when we do the word of God. Well, how do we become bread people? One, we realize that we've been commanded to and we're empowered to be bread people. Again, you give them something to eat. Jesus is saying that to us today. We have the bread of life. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the bread of life. And you've got all the neat things that go along with it. You've got all the neat frostings. You've got all the neat fillings. You've got all the neat, you know, spices. You've got it all already. They come in different forms and shapes, just as we do. So we realize we've been commanded to be and empowered to be. Again, therefore go and make disciples. This is out of Matthew 28. Jesus is telling the disciples, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Some people will say, oh yeah, but you know, that, that was to the disciples. That was to the disciples. Um, The problem is what he tells them to teach them is to teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. So he's telling the disciples to teach us everything that they were commanded to do. What were they commanded to do? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. We can't get out of it, folks. 
We might want to say, and you might hear people say, oh, that's for them. No, that's for us too. And just to put the clincher on the deal, Jesus says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's now. That's five years from now. That's 20 years from now. That's 100 years from now if he tarries. So this doesn't go away. And by the way, this means, I'm watching you. (laughs) That's what that means, if I had to paraphrase. So we realize that we've been commanded to be and empowered to be bread people. Empowered means God has equipped us to do it. And what do we do? We distribute to others what God has given us. So what does that look like? Remember, he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. So what is the bread that we're called to distribute? Well, God's given us truth, talents, testimony, and treasures. Truth. God's given us his word, the Bible. He's given us his scriptures. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to be able to share the word of God with people. You don't even have to memorize it word for word. Even Paul says somewhere it is written. He doesn't give the reference. I find that amazing that Paul would do that. Somewhere it is written. So we don't need to be Bible scholars. By the way, I don't have a Bible degree. I didn't go to Bible college. My degree is in electronics. And because I'm such a well-thought-out, planned person, my other degree is in psychology of all things. Because, you know, they go right next to each other. You know, 50 years from now, maybe I could psychoanalyze a robot. You know. You don't need to be a Bible scholar. Just open your Bible and be prepared to share what you do know. Talents. Right now, I, every Sunday, i got to tell you, every Sunday I come into this church And I am in awe of the giftings that God has given the people up here leading worship. Amen? Amen. When when I hear and see the musical ability, uh, how anybody can make all those things do at the same time, I don't get it. I can't. I tried taking guitar lessons three times in my life. I don't mean three lessons. I mean three separate times. And finally the third instructor said, give it up. (laughs) give it up but I do have one talent that God has given me that is probably most used for reaching people for Christ and this is not a brag thing just don't get this is a fact thing okay I don't brag about this kind of stuff I've, I've had the honor the privilege of being involved in hundreds and hundreds of people coming to Jesus and it isn't my Bible knowledge that does it It isn't my great oratory skills because I pale in comparison to someone like Pastor Tim. Here's here's my great talent. Um, Hi-ho, this is Kermit the Frog here. And, um, you know, the the amazing thing about talking like Kermit the Frog is that uh, people just don't expect it to come out of you. Um, But when you're talking to young people, you're talking to teenagers, or you're talking to different various people, and all of a sudden they hear Kermit the Frog come out of you. Um, By the way, this didn't work in high school real well. (laughs) 
It, it just did not work with the girls. I'd say, um, hey, baby, you want to come to my pad? <laughs> I will tell you that when you peek out of a locker, all you see is the ground. <laughs> and it's the girls that put me there. Something as stupid as Kermit the Frog, if you're willing to give the little bit of talent that, or, or whatever that he's given you to the Lord... He's going to take that little bit, the few loaves, and he's going to multiply it. But you know what we do? We say, that ain't good enough to give to God. I'm sorry, that just isn't good enough to give to God. And you know what? You're absolutely right. It isn't good enough to give to God because even our best is as filthy rags to the Lord. We have nothing good enough to give to God. And if you think you do, that's a lie straight from hell. In fact, the only thing good enough that we can give the Lord that is worthy of Him is our garbage. God is the only one that will take our stinking, horrible, terrible dirt and filth and sin, and when we give it to Him, He says, Yes! Yes, a worthy offering. Finally, a worthy offering. Footnote, don't take it back. Don't take it back. You gave it to him, it's his now. Let him keep it. Too many times we're like, don't do that. Don't take it back. So he's given us truths, talents. He's given testimony. He's given... He's giving you your story. I have never, ever, 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 I'm 57 years old. I became a Christian when I was 17 years old. So what is that, 40 years? In 40 years, I have never heard the same testimony twice. And every testimony of someone coming to Christ is a dramatic rescue. We have all these programs where, you know, they do amazing rescues. They get them off a cliff. They send the helicopter or the flood, right? And they get them off the rooftop. We go, ah, that's awesome. Those people are still going to die. But when we become bread distributors and we give the bread of life to somebody, they are not only rescued, they are rescued from an eternity of hell. You want to talk about a dramatic rescue? Phenomenal. Treasures. God's given us our treasures. What do I mean by treasures? Things, stuff, resources. I don't have things. I don't have stuff. I don't have resources. I'm not rich. I can't. Stop. It's not about what you have. It's what he's given you. My wife, I said this during the first service. I I didn't tell her what it was going to be, but she knew. I have one favorite meal in my life that I can remember, a dinner that we were invited to, and it's my most special memory of any dinner I have ever been invited to in my life. I was a young airman. I was at Loring Air Force Force Base up in northern Maine, and we were new to the area, and this family invited us after church home to their house for supper, lunch. And we got there, and the house was not cleaned up. They had hunting dogs. There were hair all over the floor. They had kids, they were Tories, and their hair all over the floor. <laughs> and they served us this incredible gourmet meal of boiled hot dogs, beans, and bread that was actually stale. 
You know, you ever have bread where you fold it and it cracks and it's not supposed to? How many of you have probably have some in your cupboard right now? Right? I didn't show that, by the way. But that's what we ate for lunch. Their name were Devonville Raymond. And it's the most memorable meal I've ever had because they weren't necessarily sharing their house or all their riches or their fancy anything. They shared themselves and they became our best friends while we were up in northern Maine. And we were up there, what, seven years, honey? Eight, eight years? They shared their treasures with us, their resources, whatever that is. What else has God given us? Well, he's given us life. Your life, their life, life all around us. Life abundantly, the Bible says, if you know Jesus Christ. Now, just so you know, life abundantly, all right, we always think, yes, life abundantly. That isn't what it's saying. This is life before Jesus. This is life after Jesus. <laughs> because you're involved in a battle now. You're, in battle, you're involved in a battle for souls. And you think Jesus is going to help you? Absolutely. You think uh, Satan is going to try to stop you? And so it begins. And it's dirty. And it's messy. And it will cost. But it will cost you only what he's given you. Amen? Amen. Love. One of my most favorite things is to watch a parent see their newborn for the first time. Especially dads. Because these are dads. Yeah, I'm a lone wolf. I get a motorcycle. I hunt. I shoot. Let's talk about football. Huh? And then they see that newborn for the first time. Oh, gushy goo. Oh, I don't care. And you just watch dads. And you walk up to this father and you say, Would you die for that child? And I've asked that question. And every man has always said the same thing. Yes. Mm, You know, fast forward 13 years. (laughs) But at that moment, the father says yes. All right. So love. He's given love. The love of the Father to the Son. The love of the Son to us. The love of the Father to us. Us to the Father. He's given us love to share. And that's the cool thing. We're just a pipeline. That's all we are. We're a pipeline. We're just giving His love away. It's so wonderful. Longing. What do I mean by longing? Well, by longing, I mean our desires. The desires of our hearts, the things we like to do, our hobbies, the things we have to do. Uh, how many of you have to, I don't know, you need, what's that called? Um, money. How many of you need money? All right? all right, we all have a desire for money, correct? I mean, it doesn't mean we live for it, but, but we need it. It's a longing we have, we have to pay the bills. How many of you uh, have ever worked in your life for a living, a job, earned money? Okay, we've all done that. Uh, how many of you play sports? Or have played sports? How many of you like to watch sports? How many of you like to hunt? How many of you like to fish? How many of you like to knit? How many of you like to sew? 
How many of you like to quilt? How many, how many, how many, how many? All the way down the line, right? We all have stuff we like to do. But you know, we get mixed up. Sometimes Joe Willicott goes to work, and I think I'm there to work. I think that's the reason I'm there. That is not the reason I'm there. That's the excuse I'm there. The excuse is I'm there to work. The reason I'm there is to share Jesus Christ with the people that are around me. If you play baseball, you're on a team. The excuse you're there is because you like baseball. The reason you're there is to share Jesus Christ. And we often get our excuse and our reason all mixed up. And then we wonder why we're frustrated. Our longings. You got a boat? You know someone that likes to fish? Invite them. (laughs) The fish might get away, but they can't. (laughs) Think about it. There's only one person been walking on the water that I know of. It doesn't work for ice fishing, by the way. Just lock your truck. And listening ears. God's given us listening ears to listen to what people say. Sometimes it isn't about what we say to them. Sometimes it's just sitting down and letting them say it to us. God gave us two ears, one mouth, remember? I like it when Scripture says, He who has an ear, let them hear. Even one. Even one ear. Right? Listening ears. God's given us those, if we use them. He's given us a calling. God will put desires on your hearts. He will call you to do certain things. He's called us to be bread distributors. He's called us to share Jesus Christ. He's called us to love other people. So we've got a calling. We know this isn't something we're making up. So if you've got God's permission to do it, there's only one thing stopping us from doing it. And that goes back to that free will thing I told you. The church. He's given us the church. Now, the church isn't the building, you know that. The church is the people. And there's the church right here. There's a church down the street. There's a church across the community. There's a church in other cities. All the body of Jesus Christ. If they claim Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they're part of the body of Christ. As long as they're doing it in a biblical way. Because there are some that that are, uh, I would say, not part of the church. And one of the things that the church is responsible for is the next one. Conditioning or training or discipleship, however you want to say it. And the church's responsibility, our responsibility to each other, is to enable and equip us for the ministry God's called us to do. To train us how to be bread distributors. Even the real, I mean, the trucks that I showed, you know, they don't just say, there it is. Go ahead, get in it, figure it out. No, they send someone along with them, they train them how to do it. Well, that's that's kind of the corporate, the church, uh, that's, that's our responsibility. 
That's what Pastor Tim does. That's what the elders do. That's what Julie does with the youth. That's what the leaders of CR do. They're there to help equip you for your ministry as bread distributors. Caring hearts. God's given us caring hearts. And you say, well, I don't care. That's a lie. You care about something. You care about something in your life. Maybe it's even just you. Maybe you're the most selfish person walking the face of the earth right now. Well, I got some bad news for you. If you're really, truly selfish, then you're going to be a bread distributor because who benefits from distributing the bread? You do. So you still can't get out of it. God wants us to be bread distributors. I want to tell you something. Some of you look at people that are up here speaking and you think, well, yeah, if I could talk like you. No. I'm going to do a little exercise right now. I didn't do this during the first service. You want to know the power of words? I'm going to do something very simple. I'm just going to say one little sentence. And you, I, you're going to find that it's going to affect you. I want you to think about your lips right now and how dry they feel. I want you to think how much you want to lick them because, wow. Did that have an effect? You weren't thinking about your lips just 10 seconds ago. But now you are. In fact, a lot of you are just sitting there going, I'm not going to lick my lips. <laughs> and I know that because this was done to me many, many years ago. And I thought, I ain't looking at my lips. So I went. And I licked them. Some of you are going, yeah, I got lip gloss on. <laughs> well, good for you, man. <laughs> but you see, it's not about us. It's what God can do with us if we let him. Pastors like to do things that all begin in the same letters. Did you notice that? We, we think we're really clever when we do that. But I did that this morning for a reason. Because the other thing we've been giving is TLC. Tender, loving care. We get it from the Father. And He's given it us to give to others. Tender, loving care. Today we talked about bread people. We talked about bread and the different kinds of bread. We see that it's not just the stuff you find in a bakery, but the, the bread of life, Jesus Christ, that we're talking about. And the fact that we're called to distribute that bread of life to people all around us. And we can do it in many different ways. We're going to do it to many different people. But we will be blessed. You will be blessed. The one thing that bread people all have to do is they have to live open-handedly. And by open-handedly, what I mean is this. You receive graciously from the Lord. You give graciously. And you acknowledge this from the Lord. There's a word that slipped into our dialect in the church that we need to get rid of right now. It's a four-letter word. Luck. 
L-U-C-K. I spelled that out just in case. But the word luck, so often we say, oh, I was so lucky. Oh, this church is so lucky. It's not about luck. I think, I think that's more from hell than any place. Because we're not lucky, we're blessed. We have been blessed by the Lord, and when we say luck, we're watering down the gospel of, of Christ. We're watering down what God has done. We're not lucky, we're blessed. And by the way, you can use that. There's a couple things you can do with people. You can use the word luck to introduce them to the gospel. I was talking to one guy, and uh, he was driving his car, and he was going too fast around a certain curve, hit gravel, and he ended up going down into the cornfield, traveling through, and he got up, but he could have wiped out. He came up on the highway, and uh, if I remember right, there was a vehicle coming. I guess they looked more surprised than he did when he came up on the road. But he said, wow, I was really lucky last night. And I looked at him and I smiled and I said, no, you weren't lucky. Said, what do you mean I wasn't lucky? Like, you know, should I be dead or what? And I said, you weren't lucky, you were blessed. I said, think of the timing of all that. Think of what could have happened. I said, you were blessed, brother. You were blessed. So we need to be able to use everything to our advantage we need to get rid of the word luck in our vocabulary, I think, as a church. Give it to God because he's given it to us. And it's not luck, it's blessing. He's given us everything we have. We need to live open-handedly. The scriptures say that we're to be ready in season and out. All the time, every time. By the way, I learned how to share Christ by a lady that was in a church that we attended when I was pretty young. Um, I was about 20 years old, and this particular lady would stand up. We had a time of sharing. Have you ever been to a church that does that, kind of praise and prayer time? And almost every Sunday, her name was Linda, she would stand up, and Linda would say, oh, I was at the grocery store, and uh, this lady behind me said such and such, and uh, so this brought us to this. And anyway, we ended up going over by the shopping carts, and I was able to share Jesus with her. Or I went to the gym the other day and this gentleman came up and asked me about this one weight machine that, that they had just brought in and, and we got to chatting and anyway, I was able to share Jesus with him. And she would do this every Sunday and being such a godly person that I was, I would sit there and go, sit down and shut up. You are just bragging and I'm tired here. Oh, look what I did, look what I did. And then one day God got a hold of me and said, you're just jealous because you aren't doing it. And I'm like, I... Yeah. <laughs> and I realized Linda had no college education. Linda was a housewife. She had three children. In fact, I had the children in my youth group. They weren't even nice kids necessarily all the time. But they were typical kids. What Linda did have was the desire to use the circumstance to bring up Jesus. She was always ready in season and out. And I realized if Linda can do it, so can I. And that's actually my journey began because of Linda. 
Let me give you an example of how you can use a situation to tell people about the Lord. How many of you have ever heard someone express the name Jesus Christ as a swear word? Or they, they and believe it or not, this is using the Lord's name in vain, uh, when we say, oh my God. Right? That's using the Lord's name in vain. That's not a godly expression. That's an expression I believe, you know, it's in the Ten Commandments. Do not use the Lord's God, God's name in vain. And we are. We're using it as an expression of shock instead of saying oofta. Well, God gave us a perfectly good oofta here in Minnesota. Let's not waste it. But what happens when people around me say, oh my God, or they use Jesus' name instead of getting all upset about it, I smile. And I say, just remember. Remember what? You brought him up first. (laughs) And I smile. And they're like, brought who up? Jesus. Well, that's not what I meant. That's what I mean. So you can't get mad at me if you bring him into the conversation. I plan on bring, I plan on talking about him. So I mean that that alone gives us plenty of opportunity, does it not? Because you hear it all around you, and people think nothing about doing it. Even the OMG drives me insane because that's making me think it, and I don't want to use the Lord's name in vain. I love him too much, and he loves me way more. So God wants us to be bread people. He wants us to live open-handedly. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. You don't have to be a saint, although if you know Jesus Christ, you are a saint. Did you know that? You don't have to be spectacularly talented or gifted. You just have to be willing to take and give. Oh, and by the way, have you seen people do this when they're worshiping? They're not trying to be all that. They're not trying to say, look at me. They're not weird. Little child's running across, and daddy says, Hey, come here. What does a child do? When we lift our hands in worship, be it during praise or prayer or preaching, all we're doing is raising our hand up to daddy and saying, Lord, take my hand. Fill it. And let me live open handedly. So the next time you're in worship and you just feel like you're going to, but you're worried about what that person next to you is going to think, who gives a rip? We don't look at the little boy, you weirdo! You took your dad's hand! You're a freak! We don't do that. So if the person next to you raises their hand, you just look over and say, that's awesome. And then look at yours. What are they doing? If they're not, maybe, you, you know, just a suggestion. Don't be afraid to. God loves you. Did you know that? Here's the amazing thing. He knows you. He knows you. Every corner of your life, every dark, horrible place that nobody else knows about, he knows about. And he loves you anyway. Don't we have something awesome to share with with people? We do, don't we? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I would ask, Lord, that you would uh, show us the abundance that you've poured down upon all of us. Lord, uh, you are God. You are all in all. You're the great provider. And Father, you have chosen to allow us to be part of your ministry so that we 
and know all the good things we have in Christ Jesus. So, Father, enable us, because it comes from you, to be willing to reach out and touch lives around us in your name with your abilities, your resources. Give us the strength and the boldness. Give us a song and joy in our heart. Let us not listen to Satan, the liar. Father, he tells us we're unworthy. And he's right. We are unworthy. And that's okay. Because you are worthy. And it's not about us. It's about you. We thank you for this day, Father. We thank you in Jesus' name. I hope that uh, today you guys will uh, lift up some prayer for Pastor Tim and Julie as they've had a time of refreshing. Again, um, I got out of the ministry because I didn't take time off. And I started to burn out. And instead of doing this and this, I started to do this and pushing God away. And and as people came into my life to be ministered to, I started thinking, oh, really, what are you doing here? Really, you again? Well, I had ministered to so many people that had been hurt by pastors that should have taken time out that I went before the Lord and I said, I got to get out, don't I? And he said, yeah, you got to get out for a while. You got to get out. So I, I think it's wonderful that Tim and Julie are taking this time off. They need to refresh. I hope you pray for your pastor and Julie all the time. They need it. You, you'll never understand the burden of ministry. Uh, as much as you worry about your own children, they fret about you. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I will guarantee you they never stopped thinking about the church even while they were gone on camping. It just doesn't go away. It can't no more so than you would stop thinking about your own children. So they need your prayer. They need, you You know, if you haven't just went up and give them a big hug, especially Tim. Just give them a big old hug. Tell them you love them. Tell them you appreciate their ministry because you'll never understand the burden they carry for you but that they, they live open-handedly. Amen? Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much again for every person that's here. I would ask that you would fill them with your spirit, fill them with your love, fill them, uh, fill them with your power. Father, that you would anoint them for their ministry. Father, that they would leave here uh, emboldened and uh, excited, not afraid to share Jesus Christ and your love with someone else today. Father, that they would invite someone to church next week or invite them into their home for hot dogs and beans and stale bread. Father, whatever that person needs, whatever we have to give them, Father, we ask that you would allow us to be bread distributors. We praise you. We thank you. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. You're dismissed.